Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Cipriano. Joining us is Eric Bauer, Blue Jack National outside of Houston. And Eric had a very exciting year. He got to open a new golf course. So, Eric, uh, thanks for joining us. And just tell our listeners and our followers what 2016 has been like for you. Oh, great. Well, listen, Guy, thank you so much for uh, having me join you this morning. This is uh, a real treat, uh, especially with the way the weather's been lately. It's kind of nice to not have to freeze outside so but listen i appreciate uh the opportunity to kind of talk about some of my past experiences and really looking forward to sharing some of those experiences with uh your listeners so you know with that being said uh yeah it was a very exciting time for not only myself but our team here at blue jack national obviously uh putting the first tiger woods designed united states golf course was uh quite the story it's just been a been a great great experience you're one of the smart ones you grew up in the uh midwest and you've spent most of your career in warm weather places talk a little about your route the blue jack national and some of the projects you were involved in before getting a chance to open this new golf course sure sure well you know these last couple of years like i said i don't know if uh i was too smart you know with the rain uh challenges the, the with the weather uh, quite the uh, quite the experience but uh, at least it uh, beats having to shovel all that snow that I see uh, all my uh, peers having to do up north this uh, time of year so I'll take it but my experience you know I've been very blessed uh, wonderful wonderful opportunities have always uh, been presented to me and uh, I feel uh, you know that I've just had a, a wonderful uh, experience thus far so what got me to Blue Jack, again, just uh, started out in this business, uh, much like you hear a lot of superintendents. They just started working on a golf course when they were young. They fell in love with it. It was something that, uh, you know, just came to me very easily and uh, excited me very much. Of course, you know, I got into this business uh, when golf was booming, so uh, n- not much like what the the guys coming out of the business, coming into the business today are experiencing the the challenges and the competitiveness for it, but uh, fell in love with it at a young age, and I was very uh, fortunate to work for somebody who kind of pushed me uh, in this direction. Um, it was a superintendent, uh, Terry Hogan, at Big Run Golf Club up there in Illinois, and kind of just told me, you know, hey, there's some great opportunities out there if you like this position and like this career, and uh, I enrolled at um, a couple junior college programs to start out just to see if I would like it, and and I did and continued uh, the career path going to Michigan State. And I was fortunate to, to be selected to get into their two-year program with uh, Dr. Trey Rogers. And that was a wonderful, wonderful experience as well, getting to meet so many different people uh, across the country and, and really see what is out there for us. And uh, so I, I took that opportunity. And, you know, a small-town guy growing up at a small-type golf course, not knowing what's out there, it was pretty amazing when – you start hearing some of these places that uh, other students were coming from or interned at, and I just said, you know, I gotta, I gotta maybe see if, um, you know, there's an opportunity for me to continue to see how far I can take myself. And one thing I, you know, want to say, I think it's so important today to have such, uh, so many people that can influence you as mentors. And I think it's important for a lot of young guys to to find mentors in this business. I was fortunate to have a lot come in my life that helped me find the the right path and and move me in the right direction, and and that was big key. So after school, kind of got hooked up with uh, Jim Simmons uh, down at Shoal Creek, and I considered him not only a mentor but like a second father. So that was a great great experience for me at Shoal Creek, and again, that's 
kind of the level of club that I wanted to see myself at and, and uh, strive to be successful uh, at in my career. So when you get something, you get a passion in your belly, you just, just go for it. It's what I tell a lot of people, a lot of the guys that come work for me. Nothing can hold you back except yourself. So stayed persistent, worked hard, met some, some really good people along the way and got some great opportunities. I uh, uh, met up with Ed Etchells, who at the time was uh, president of Golf Turf for Jack Nicholas, and you know was doing some consulting at Shoal Creek there, and and uh, an opportunity kind of came up to work for Mr. Nicholas down at his home in North Palm Beach, taking care of his estate and practice putting green. And I said, well, you know, either this is going to work out or I'm going to find another career. So I decided to um, take that opportunity and uh, prove myself to Mr. Nicholas and his team and see where that would go. And, and from there, uh, the opportunities just, just came. And, um, again, not afraid to, to move or travel, uh, pick up and go kind of thing. So uh, I was very fortunate to have a very loving and supportive wife that uh, was willing to try new things and go to new areas and things like that that, that uh, again, gave me the opportunity to prove myself uh, and, and get more and more opportunities. So from there, kind of got into the business. My first superintendent job, I was 25 years old, packed up, went to Hawaii, challenged Manelli uh, to kind of just wet my beak, I guess you could say, and that, that worked out. And um, uh, at the end of that stint, uh, my first growing opportunity was presented to me at Spring Creek Ranch in Memphis. And uh, I would think I was 27 years old and probably wasn't smart enough to realize what I was getting into, but uh, jumped in with both feet, surrounded myself with some talented people and was able to be successful there. Uh, and then, then another opportunity to start a new project came in uh, the Woodlands in 2000. And uh, I was in 2000, from 2000 to 2014 at Carlton Woods uh, in the Woodlands, where we had uh, two championship uh, 36 holes. One was a Nicholas, one was a Fazio. I think we were one of two in the country at the time. I think at Pronghorn was the other one. And uh, we were the second uh, on the books to, to pull that off. And um, hung my hat there for about 14 years. And then uh, uh, I guess you could say I got bored. <laughs> I don't know how you can get bored, you know, managing 36 holes, but uh, uh, nonetheless, we did. And this opportunity came up and it was considered in my backyard. And I was kind of one of those guys that probably wouldn't feel too good if something happened in my backyard and I didn't have a shot to see if I could have offered my services or my uh, skill set in any way. So fortunate to meet up with the great group of uh, developers here with Beacon Land. Uh, Mike Abbott and Casey Paulson and the team that they put together and uh, off we went and uh, worked with T Tiger Woods Design to uh, build his first uh, U.S. course. Blue Jack National in a lot of ways is not like what most people envision a private golf course being like. Describe the land and some of the philosophies behind Blue Jack National that maybe are a little bit different and innovative. Right. Well, you know, there's been such a great response to what we're doing here at Blue Jack, and a lot of that credit goes to the whole entire team, not just, uh, uh, you know, Tiger Woods and his team and the great golf course that they put together, Bo Welling and Shane Robichaux, Brian Bell with Tiger Woods Design, um, but Beacon Land and Mike Abbott and Casey Paulson and their vision for what golf should be. Golf should be fun. Got away from that, I think, with a lot of golf courses. You even hear some of the top architects talking about that now, the Nicholas's, the Fazio's. Uh, designed to be very difficult and tough and, you know, how hard is my golf course? How hard is the slope rating? 
And it's no surprise our golf course industry is suffering because the game being too difficult or how do we draw people in. So a lot of the concepts, and, 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 and again, it wasn't really the developer forcing this on. I believe, I, you know, being around and listening uh, to Tiger and his team, uh, he, he, from the onset, he's, he said that he wants to have golf that's fun. And it's not be hosting a major tournament. And for the average golfer, it's an experience. And I think that kind of summarizes what Blue Jack National is about. It's an experience. And it's an experience more or less not just about golf, but uniting families back together in a, in a world of technology and, uh, you know, instant gratification and things like that, video games, you know, your, your iPhones, uh, you know, getting people back in nature and, and families together and spending time. And so a lot of the amenities that were planned were just for that. We have a fishing camp. We have uh, a, f- a facility called the Fort that is outdoor activities. You know, it has sports courts, skate parks, zip lines, place for kids to just run around and be kids like we were when we were young instead of inside just playing the video game. Created the, the playgrounds, and even the name, you know, sounds like a cool place to go hang out, right? So built the, uh, a, a little 10-hole uh, short course, you know, ranging anywhere from uh, 35 yards to 125 yards, which basically uh, can invite anybody. It's, there's no water on it. You can play the whole ground all the way around. You could putt. I think even Tiger, he was still having his uh, recovery period when he came and opened it up. And I'm, I'm sure everybody remembers the shot heard around the world where that young boy, he won. These two kids, uh, when we opened it up, had an opportunity to play with Tiger. And honestly, I, you know, as a witness to it, it was probably one of the most remarkable things. I think all the news media picked it up prime time and that and sports uh, publications but he hit a hole in one of his first shot our first shot on the, the golf course uh, and it was just electric and and to see that happen when you say hey anybody can compete with anybody on it or no matter what the skill level is it was pretty special tiger played it uh, he couldn't do full swinging so he actually putted around the whole golf course uh, using a putter so again you know hiking trails biking trails we are a development community but we're also more of what i would consider a resort style living uh, that terminology trying to coin that you know where there's a tremendous amount of uh, fun and outdoor activities to do. So even even the way they design the golf course, I mean, we have a set of what we call Frank tees after uh, Tiger, he, uh, his head cover, remember his head cover was the Tiger, and it was called Frank, all those commercials. And so uh, we actually made uh, replica uh, head covers uh, as their tee markers. But, it, you know, again, he thought of that for you know, he has young kids, and he thought of how they would want to play the golf course. Um, you know, we did inner loops inside our full 18 to where, you know, if you didn't have time to play a full nine or a full 18, you could tee off a number one like everybody else and make a very quick transition to some interior holes where you wouldn't cross back or inconvenience somebody who was playing a normal round in and out, right? So um, a lot of thought process to try to grow the game, and I think that's what's uh, so unique and what's so special about Blue Jack National. Eric, I think a lot of golf course superintendents and turf grass managers want to make their facilities more fun and inviting for all types of players. What can you tell somebody that wants to do that? How should they approach making their own course fun like Blue Jack National is? Well, I think you have to look at 
a, a wide range of, of golfers. Not everybody is a great golfer. Um, not everybody likes to be beat up as a high handicap. We see that a lot of superintendents, right? Uh, you got a guy that's complaining about green speeds that's rolling 12 or 13, and they're not fast enough, but yet he's a 20 handicap, right? So there's some of that ego in a lot of players today that they want to be beat up. But I, I, I believe differently after seeing Blue Jack be open for a year and, and, and the responses you get. So some of the neat features we have here, we're not heavily bunkered. Um, I think that's a great concept. If a lot of architects today can strategically put bunkers instead of putting bunkers for eye candy or you know, just having them out there. That does two things. Makes the ground a lot easier for a higher handicap, uh, but yet challenging enough for a good player if you put them in the right spots, right? Um, you know, and then long-term maintenance costs, things that we have to really start to look at as we design and, or they design golf courses and, and we build golf courses. you got to have sustainable uh, properties that can withstand uh, uh, downturns in the, in the economy and budgets, restraints, and things like that. So we think that was a really unique feature. Um, uh, as far as uh, the concept here at Blue Jack National, there's no rough. Um, we maintain all the grass at one height uh, throughout what we call our fairway area. Um, and, and, again, that, it, it's going to come down to the situation. Some clubs are going to be you – know, you're not going to see Oakmont take away rough, right? I and mean, they're always going to have those type of clubs. You're, you know, you're going to have the, 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 the Shinnecocks with, you know, the native fescues off the side. And, and everybody has a place, I think. We just felt here at Blue Jack National, the developers felt that, um, you know, finding a niche for uh, what's good to grow the game. And, and so we looked at some of those things. I think that came into it. Wide open greens. We don't have these narrow, you know, areas to that if you just barely miss a shot, you're in a sand trap. Um, what, I, what I thought Tiger and his team did a great job with is kind of create, recreate a, a, a fun atmosphere uh, around the greens, and that was one of my challenges as 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 the grass guys to be able to locate specific grasses that not only would be able to perform well in this climate, but be able to perform the way the the whole the the, the collection area or the green complex was designed. And that's been a challenge for a lot of guys, superintendents here in the South. Is though you're stuck with certain type of grasses that may not play the way it was designed, and so a lot of those things went into this. Uh, process was just, you know, how do we engage golf? I think you're seeing uh, one other thing we did here is what we saw, remember the, the, the whole concept of tee it forward when that all came out and the PGA got behind it and the USGA about people are not playing from the correct tees, right? And we had a situation at my last club where uh, it was hard to get people to move up. You know, they, they have this mindset, if I move up, that means I'm old or that means I'm, you know, weak or whatever. So here at Blue Jack, one of our things when we were kind of planning this out was let's only have two sets of tees. We have a forward tee and we have a member tee. And that member tee from day one has been the yardage that we feel majority of the people that would come and experience Blue Jack, what they would play was – uh, where they would play from. So it's about 6,500 yards. We set up between 64 and 6,500 yards. And that kind of got the mindset of, well, hey, I'm not three T markers up or I'm not playing where the seniors play. And then if someone wants to come out and play from the back, they have their own scorecard, we just let them put a peg in the ground where that tee is. If they want to play tee box number one, they go and play tee box one around their whole round. We're not hung up on putting where they have to put tee markers. There's a lot of good clubs that 
you know, let you just put the peg in the ground on the tees. The tees markers were invented just to move play around, right? So let these guys play from – that's where you're rated from is the, the you know, the, the yardage on the box. So it doesn't really matter where you put the peg in the ground. So we think that has been really encouraging to a lot of people to get them to play the right set of tees. Construction and growing is never easy, and it probably hardly ever goes as planned. What were those processes like at Blue Jack National, and what were some of the challenges – you face down in your climate yeah well for us you can say you know that's very much true that it is no two growins are the same this is this was my fourth and so they were all different all different all unique all different set of challenges so for us here this year building this golf course uh we got off to a great start we had a great fall great in which construction started in 2014 uh in in late summer you know, moving dirt, and we really started hitting things, building features, putting in irrigation, drainage around October of 2014, and we had a great winter. Uh, it was a wonderful winter. We got a lot done. Our first blade of grass went down um, uh, January of 2015, um, and then we had a target date to get all the greens sprigged around May 2015, and then we we hit we hit a we hit a snag. We had some really tough weather challenges. The rain um, in the Houston area uh, was very difficult. We had some 500-year storms, and uh, you know, anytime you're building a golf course and you get that kind of rain, it's inevitable you're going to have some challenges and delays. But in other aspects, we were able to see some of the areas that uh, you know we maybe had to focus in on from erosion and 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 drainage issues. So that kind of put us in a little bit of a challenge, um, and. Uh, we fought a lot of the first six months. Once we got to May, the month of May of 2015, we we, we, we basically were shut down from May till June because it just rained. We had so much rain. And once we got our feet underneath us again and dried out a little bit, we made a lot of strides, um, a lot of hard work by a lot of people, and, and we were able to complete the golf course in October of 2015 uh, with a soft opening of nine holes that year. Um, which was great. And then, uh, of course, 2016 wasn't any better. I think we're close to 70 inches of rain total for this year, and majority of that came in the first six months again. So uh, that was a little frustrating. Uh, I think I even had something like five or six inches a week before uh, Tiger opened the golf course. So uh, that was a great way to spend my uh, uh, 45th birthday, uh, you know, getting that uh, – getting that uh, thing ready after after yeah it's it's always tough weather weather is unpredictable and you just have to persevere i mean that's that's you know there's no secret uh formula for it it's just uh again motivating your team staying positive uh having the support of your owners um and being open and and honest with the situation that you're in and and keeping good records and things like that that's that's really all you can do when you get faced with challenges from mother nature Blue Jack National has lots and lots of zoysia grass. What have you learned about that grass variety through the growing and now that the course is open for play? This is my second golf course, uh, Carlton Woods Fazio Golf Course. Uh, we kind of were in that uh, first group of, hey, let's try zoysia grass. I think we were right behind in Texas, uh, a Fazio course uh, called Briggs Ranch. They were one of the first, I think, to go wall-to-wall zoysia grass, and that kind of sparked our eye. There were a lot of courses in Texas that were experimenting with um, uh, T-tops. I actually think Austin Golf Club was maybe the first, I should say, with a certain type of uh, zoysia grass. But uh, uh, we just kind of felt like zoysia grass gave us a, a, 
an edge up on on quality of playing surface and and sustainability long-term maintenance and things like that so um you know we, we selected that here and you know for me zoysia grass uh is is a wonderful choice you know there's some some thoughts that need to go into making that selection obviously the establishment period is a little bit of a challenge compared to your bermuda grasses where you can sprig those and have you know very easily establishment rates from sprigs uh you can do it with zoysia grass but you better be prepared that it's going to take a little bit longer i think uh in our case if we would have sprigged we would have been just destroyed because we 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 had so much rain um 2015 that not buttoning up our topography and slopes that we have on our unique property here uh it would have been devastating with erosion and washouts and things like that so from my standpoint maintenance wise it uses less fertility uh we can see less water being used on it there are some concerns that that you have to be aware of and that's uh, some disease pressure but uh if you have a, a good sound uh, timing program with your uh applications and you're able to to time your applications correctly you're able to overcome some of those challenges that you see with weed pressure it does excellent so so i, I and and the playability i mean that that for us the wow factor and just being able to be able to have a grass that that does what uh, the way the golf course is supposed to be played, if it's supposed to be fast and get roll out or bounce, definitely seeing that more so with the zoysia grass than uh, some of the Bermuda grasses. For those that don't know, Eric was one of the winners of our 2016 Super Social Media Awards, and he did an excellent job of documenting the grow-in and construction at Blue Jack National using Twitter. Eric, how much fun was it using social media to show people in this business and even people outside this business that the progress you were making oh my gosh the the response was unbelievable and i and thank you again so much for that recognition i just was sorry that i was in the middle of the grow and i wasn't able to uh join all the other twitter guys up there at the, the, the gis show last year to to receive my award but it's in a in a very special spot uh i can tell you that and i look at it every day and and really proud of it it started out uh, kind of as a, a dare, if you will, my, my son, as we all have our, our children that are very active in social media, and that's really the only way to kind of really connect with them nowadays, it seems like. And so it, uh, my brother-in-law, who's also a superintendent, he was dabbling in Twitter a little bit. He's down at Admiral's Cove there in Florida, Corey Adams. Saw him doing it, and I kind of was like, I think I can do this, and kind of got into a little jabbing session. Like my son was like, no, you can't, Dad. You're over the hill. There's no way. You know, this is for young people. And I'm thinking, over the hill? Come on. You know, I'm 40 in my 40s that's not over the hill and uh so it was it was actually funny i i had to ask him how to set up my twitter account <laughs> so took that challenge and and people here at blue jack uh were so supportive uh josh gavinale our director of marketing if you saw how blue jack was marketed i think we took it to a different level of trying to get exposure about blue jack to the to the to the through social media which was been been awesome the way we documented our progress through videos and uh, internet and things like that. It was just, it was a great experience. So they obviously bought into it and were excited to see me do it. Uh, Casey Paulson, our president of the club and one of the developers. And it just started. And it was amazing because it just grew and followers were happening. And the, and the, I just felt like I had more than just what was going on here, the support. And, you know, there was confirmation that, wow, that was great. Or, boy, it's looking good. And it just, I don't know, it was a, it was a really fun and unique experience that I'm glad I did uh, and I encourage everyone to do and you're seeing it more and more and I think it's great what what uh, 
what you all are doing with uh, encouraging that by even acknowledging rewards for for their uh, efforts in, in social media because it, it is such a big, important part of our jobs, a way to get information out, not only to a vast majority of people that don't actually get to come inside the gates of Blue Jack, but the members themselves. i got members that are following, like I'm sure you know others do, and they say, boy, it's been so great to see that process. A lot of members don't get to see that process, the construction. Join a club, and they don't know how that got to where it's at. So to see all the behind the scenes, especially in that stage, you know, it was just, you know, I can't say enough how, how, how good it was and, and how much fun it was. In fact, uh, one of my gifts from Casey Paulson, uh, when we opened up, he got me a golf bag, Blue Jack National golf bag, and he put my name on it, and it was Blue Jack Nat Turf, my handle. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, you know, we had a funny time, a story that we, we, we laugh about to this day. We went to Augusta. I think it was 2015. We all went on a trip to Augusta to, to the Masters, and we're there, and we're walking around, and honest, this is honest truth. Uh, we're standing there watching on the fifth hole, and someone comes up to me. He's kind of looking at me, staring at me, and he says, "Hey, you're Blue Jack Nat Turf, aren't you?" <laughs> I'm like, "Are you serious?" And 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 of course, all of Big Wids Beacon are there, and they're looking. They're like, "This is crazy that this has caught on like it did." It, it helps that. Of course, you have a, a, a opportunity to be, you know, on the coattails of a Tiger Woods design. That doesn't hurt either. So I owe a lot of my uh, Twitter nationality fame to Tiger, obviously. You've had an exciting end of 2016. Blue Jack National has appeared on a lot of the best of lists for the year. Obviously, you're not in the business to get awards and get rankings, but what does that mean to you and your team when you do re- receive that type of recognition? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think we set out to do this for any awards or recognition, the developer, uh, the financial people, the team that came here. I mean, obviously our mission here from day one has been to put out a wonderful product for members and their guests, and that's what we strive for as a team here, just to come out here, do our best, provide our best every day, and we we probably get more gratification in that than, than what any award can really say, but obviously you have some of the greats of you know like uh, that are that are recognizing your hard work it's really hard to put into words but uh i can just say this i I, i'm so proud of you know everybody that's here and the hard work the the long hours um you know most of these guys when i when i made my announcement to uh the agronomy team question was how many guys won an award or won a trophy growing up playing sports school whatever and i think there was like maybe one or two out of my whole staff and so to kind of be able to reward somebody like that, that that came to work every day, that maybe didn't see the the writing on the wall, if you will, um, or what their work would mean at the end of the day, I was probably more proud to see the smiles on their faces that, you know, they, they were recognized for their hard work. I don't know if they get that very much. And so our jobs as good managers is to be able to share our successes with those and kind of deflect the the real heroes in this in this uh, uh, situation to get this isn't the money that went into building the golf course it isn't you know it, it it's the guys uh, that work tirelessly to execute plans uh, follow up on the vision and all of those things um, you know we have a kind of a motto here with with Beacon is you can build things and you know structures and golf courses but it's really the people that that make it come alive and so we truly we truly believe that and so to be able to give those awards back and share that with the entire team was was very gratifying for me 
You're probably the only agronomist to ever work with Tom Fazio, Jack Nicholas, and Tiger Woods. What was it like being around those three, and what lessons have you learned learned from them? Wow. You know, when you put it like that, I mean, you kind of look back on a career and you kind of look at that and you're like, you know, I don't, I don't know if that was ever the goal. I think for me, it was just special to be around such greatness and, and people that are great at what they do, not great at what they did to get in an opportunity to be a designer or an architect, but are truly considered wonderful architects, Mr. Nicholas, Mr. Fazio, and you look at their list of awards and and golf courses that they've built wanted to always surround myself with great people that love what they do and to be fortunate enough to be allowed to have opportunities to work with people that are that that good and and do a great job that was very humbling and it was very exciting and i just looked at it as doing my part um hard to explain like people always ask me you know what was it like working down at mr nicholas's yard what was it like walking around with fozzy what was it like walking around with tiger and I said it was my job. And so I, I, I didn't get caught up in all their successes and, and blinded by that and let that throw me off my goals and, and what my role was for the project at that particular stage. I had a job to do. They, they relied on me to ask questions, you know, about grasses, about drainage, about irrigation, uh, about playability, about soil mixes. So for me to kind of always be worried about being around somebody who's won this or won that or people strive to go and just be around or get a handshake from, I think I would have not have been true to myself and, and the developer and trying to, I guess, I guess what uh, the way I t- approached it, I probably look back and I say, gosh, did I really realize how special that was? Go back at you know, working for Mr. Nicholas in his yard and him walking out and we talking about his putting green, where people would have loved to have had five minutes of that kind of interaction. You know, I may took for granted because I had a job to do, and I was more worried about whether or not he liked the way the green was rolling versus that experience of living in the moment. I never really lived in the moment, and then reflecting back, I, I look at it and I say it was just a almost unbelievable experience. Last thing here, Eric, you've gone through the ups and downs of construction and growing you've opened a new golf course this year what is 2017 going to be like for you and your team yeah so you know anytime you make a transition from growing uh to operation you know you focus in on on things that um you know you have to do better from a consistency standpoint a presentation standpoint uh, training standpoint. So our team here, that's one of our big goals is, again, to continue to improve upon our, our, um, our training uh, because we, got, we had to get out of the mindset very quickly just getting the grass established and, and, and now getting into routines and consistencies and quality and, and things like that. So typically I see that usually after a lot of grow-ins, you know, where you come in and you go ahead and build this golf course you're running to the finish line you get there and then all of a sudden you open up and you how how are you going to present the golf course to the members right and the guests uh, or whoever's playing that day so that that was something that we worked on but we're going to continue to work on obviously you're always making tweaks and improvements to the golf course uh, when I say that, you know, you're always tr- still trying to find, you know, areas to make it better, uh, whether it be uh, improving shade conditions on greens or uh, drainage patterns and things like that. So we're just going to continue focusing on doing what we're doing here at Blue Jack National and creating a great experience and wonderful memories for families and guests and think we'll be very, very successful.
Well, Eric, thanks for joining us. That was some wonderful wisdom, and I'm sure our listeners and followers are going to enjoy hearing about some of the things going on at Blue Jack National. Thanks, Guy, and I really appreciate uh, this opportunity. And, uh, again, for any of those guys out there uh, that are considering an opportunity to do a growing, I strongly uh, suggest uh, once presented to you, you know, go after it. Uh, it's a very rewarding experience and one that uh, I think you'll look back on your career and, and really cherish uh, what you were able to accomplish during that, uh, during that period. So, You've been listening to the Superintendent Radio Network, the podcast of Golf Course Industry Magazine, a production of GIE Media. I've been your host, Guy Cipriano. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes or the SRN page of golfcourseindustry.com. Talk to us at srn at gie.net or at GCI Magazine on Twitter. Thanks for listening.